My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun, and the fellas joining in as we take on sports, yep, and a lot of fun. We look at the news of the week in sports, and we leave you with a message of hope. That's what it's really all about. We have with us at the round table, he is a pastor, a player in the good sense, like soccer. <laughs> I, I didn't want to yell this. You know, things can have a double meaning. Yeah, I'm right. just saying, chaplain and pastor. He's just an all-around good guy, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get... Hey, hey Reverend, you could have just said, amen. Amen. And then, of course, Brent joins us as Author, well. Author, photographer, Brent R. Baker. I'm Michelle Mendoza, and guys, World Cup, we're going to get live updates with the World Cup as the Netherlands take on Argentina. So if you're recording, you may want to go and watch this a little bit later. And don't forget who is also at the table today. Rookie of the Year, Josh McMillan. Hey, guys. Good to see you, Michelle. Good afternoon. You, you too. Guys, we are, as I said, going to be getting some live updates. Garrick's going to be covering this for us because we are in the middle of a, whoa, it's just been crazy World Cup. And so I just want to give you a heads up. If you are like recording it and going to watch later and you don't want spoilers, you may want to watch this show a little bit later. And can I give you another pointer? If you are recording the show, make sure you give yourself extra time. Oh my gosh, I was watching <laughs> and it was yeah. like we're down to extra time and then and then the goal kicks and the recording stops i'm just like oh, 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 oh. so it was crazy <laughs> brazil is out that's huge that was huge are you kidding me you know Nobody. it's interesting it's interesting it's considered a big upset four years ago it was croatia in the finals and brazil mm. was out yeah. in the quarters. And so maybe we need to reset some of our expectations a little bit. I'm I mean, so yeah, happy Brazil, about Brazil that, has though. The, Brazil has the talent, but Croatia has shown as a program that they know how to come through in these big moments. I was happy about it because, and I'm going to make some of our Brazilian fans annoyed, but that is the team that annoys me the most. They have the most whining, the most... I didn't get hit, but I'm going to fall on the ground and cry. So I secretly was rooting against them. I don't know. What do you guys, <laughs> what, you guys want to weigh in on that? Here's the challenge in that as a soccer fan. Yeah, and a player. Is that, and a player, yes. Brazil In the good sense. The deep, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Brazil has the deepest bench. They have the greatest skill to to draw from but i think you're right michelle floppers and whiners and it's it is a little bit annoying and i think it's good for world soccer when you get upset too i of course cheer on the u.s and i'm a huge messy fan so i'm cheering for argentina too but i don't really i don't have a national loyalty so to speak to that level 
And so people who are dyed in the wool Brazil fans, yeah, they will They're not going to like it, but just they won't like us. That's one of the reasons you're not a great big fan of soccer anyway. You have that American mindset. But guys, I want you to watch this. It's just an example of the difference between soccer and hockey. I don't know if there's sound here. Soccer should be. So guy gets hit in the face with a puck and he just makes a face. Guy gets hit a little bit with a soccer ball. He's rolling. He's crying. His hands are over his face. It is, it's hockey player versus soccer player. And you see this all the time. Hockey players will have like their jaw hanging off their face and still be playing. Go back for the the third period. It's just a different kind of toughness. And it's makes it really hard to watch soccer when you see stuff like that or there was one game i was watching a couple years ago where a guy's like ear got flicked and he goes down like oh no dying!" (laughs) you have toddlers in the house you can relate to this josh my toddlers are tougher than soccer players (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna take that sitting down garrick ping I just shake my head. I know I already know what, how Josh feels about soccer players, but he hasn't he hasn't seen real soccer, men's league soccer. <laughs> only yeah, I've, I've only seen <laughs> I've only seen the uh, what the, the top leagues. I tell you, when I played in England, you cannot say any of these guys are wimps at all, especially in in the combination leagues, the pub leagues. Those guys, <laughs> it is not for the faint at heart. And that's really where I learned, because I've always been a relatively skilled player, but in terms of becoming a physical player, and I'm, I'm the size of Lionel Messi, you have to learn to be able to hold your own. And I extremely dislike the whole flopping crap too. It happens in the NBA too. But Gosh, um, yeah. So we yeah. shouldn't yeah. just hold out soccer. Well, here. Or, Let's just well, I haven't there. watched an NBA game in a couple of years. We're going to be honest. Been a rough one. We don't talk about the NBA an awful lot here. And some of that to me is just, I've given up a little bit politics, some of the flopping and yeah, flopping stinks, but part of soccer, especially in South America is some of this dramatics because they, as long as they get called, as long as they can draw a foul from flopping because no one touched them, but they can get away with it, they're going to continue to do it because then it becomes part of the game. So you have to be, I, and to give them credit, they have to be an athlete and they have to be an actor. I would say, and this has always been my position, is that if if they harshly penalize players who flop, because with VAR now, you can easily go back and you can find out if, if it's a total flop and if it is it should be an immediate yellow card and, uh, and if, yeah that should be just like the nfl how they have new york review a play and they can stop the play and say hey wait that didn't happen because sure it's yeah. hard for yeah. the ref to see when they just see someone crying on the ground but yeah if they have an office somewhere that's watching the game and goes through that review and nope <laughs> that was not what happened could you really uh, yeah. see flopping happening in rugby could you see flopping happening in hockey could you see yeah, it imagine happening flopping in, in like, hockey the guy I would like. just get beat with a stick they'd be like get <laughs> out of here so i like australian rules football yeah exactly. I, wish that was olympic. I wish that was an olympic sport <laughs> <laughs> I think this has been such an exciting cup just because you have all these yeah. play, these teams that you expect are going to do well and Germany gets knocked out in the group stage. So it, it's to me, it's exciting and it's fun and it's great. And I kind of hope to, that Argentina doesn't lose because 
I want to see Messi go all the way through. I'll say like it was exciting that USA was able to hang with the big boys. Like the play, went toe to toe with England, who was a favorite coming into all this. They played well, and I forgot who the player was, but the one player put his manhood on the line, running straight into a pole. Uh, yeah, yeah, he gave it all up for America. <laughs> for, for the. For his well, own country, he gave it up. And I will tell you, this is going to be the difference as to whether or not USA can consistently perform on that world stage. It has to do with how many top, how many of our players will actually get to play in the top flight world leagues. Because we only have a couple. And I think it really does matter in terms of when it comes to crunch time, what type of experience they have in those high pressure situations. The reason that the U.S. got knocked out was not because the Netherlands, although a lot of credit to them for finishing their chances. They, it wasn't that they out outskilled us that much. It was that we made three mental mistakes and those three mental errors cost us. And if all of our players were playing at the top flight level in, in the Premier League or Syria or the Spanish League, any of those leagues, and they were even our top player, Christian Pulisic, doesn't start for his team in the Premier League. And, and I think he needs to get out of there because he should be starting Brent, on the top level. We've talked about this a little bit in the past about why is that? Do we, why is it that we just seem to be just a little second that rate in soccer in the U.S. as far as how we view it, sometimes our players well, and having to fight for a place at the table? But I would argue well, I think, that... Go I, ahead. I think, the, I think one of the things is that, well, I think the biggest factor in the United States is that the table is crowded. Many of these the other sports? countries, yeah, many of these other countries, soccer or football is it. it. Maybe there's one other sport that's big. If you get into Southeast Asia, they play a lot of cricket. You get into the Caribbean countries, baseball is huge, still there, but they don't have seven major league sports going on. Yeah. So you have a lot more competition and and people go through phases of what they're going to. I think for U.S. soccer, I think Garrick's right um, as far as our players needing more exposure in these upper leagues. I think some of it, I think he's right about the situational aspect, but I also think if our players can be at the same skill level, but unless you are used to playing other players at that ultra high skill level, 90 minutes every time out, as opposed to playing, say in the MLS where the skill level isn't quite as high, you can raise your game to that level, but can you keep it there all the time? And I think unless our players are playing in these leagues that are truly. You can win a game in an upset in a World Cup, but can you win six or seven games to win the whole thing? I think right now we are at the place where we can play with any of these teams, but we can't play with all of them over the course of a month. Okay. Yeah, and it's well said, Brent. it's yeah. hard when you're a t America, which is in soccer not seen as a tier one country when you have players that do play here are american that have the opportunity to maybe go play for another team like if there's someone that's argentinian american do you think they'd rather play for team usa or team argentina a lot of the times you'll have decisions like that to be made too and i think that part of that just comes with the pet as the pedigree rises more people will be like i want to represent america that's where i live and breathe and i think um, having... there has to be respect around the international community for the american team too which is to everyone's point here 
Now, I think we've raised the bar a little bit, and we continue to do that. The Seattle Sounders won in the CONCACAF championship last year, which was just like a first for MLS team. So as we continue to get better, then we draw in people saying, oh, young kids that say, yeah, I want to play soccer. So it can only grow, but hopefully it will continue in the next four years. Maybe we'll have a better showing. I did want just for a moment, just to give a little a shout out, ask for a little prayer for this man. Pele is just a legend and he is battling cancer and he's actually been rumored to be on end of life care. He is not according to his daughter, but yeah, that's, it's sad because man, what a player, what he is just a next level. Has anyone ever really attained his level of, oh my gosh, ism really? Just amazing. Just amazing. He is still, if you want to have a what they call the GOAT, the greatest of yeah. all time, Pele is it. And I actually had the opportunity to to get to know a soccer league against Pele. And um, he's actually a pastor in England. His name's Alan West. He has some caps for the national team of England. And he said that Pele was... His skill was one thing, but you could never get near the ball whenever the ball came to him because he had just such a strength on the ball and skill and finishing ability, all the goals that he scored. Just an amazing player, but just a class act person as well. First for uh, him and his family, not really soccer related, but Megan Rapinoe, of course, being a soccer player for the U.S. women's national team and her wife, Sue Bird, decided that they're going to start a woke film company to push progressive agendas, culture forward. And so that's going to be part of our woke sports stories of the week. And there's a few of them. Besides that, the U.S. Woke film company. Wait a minute. Isn't that just Hollywood? I know. That's why I was like, (laughs) who will notice in all of the noise? I'm going to... I'm not even saying this cynically. I'm going to give them credit because for this, because so many people try to hide what their agenda is and try to couch things. And I think they're being open about what they're about. Yeah. I am not. I'm not about the same things, but I'm, I, I can appreciate someone being straightforward. It's on the other end of the spectrum, like Angel Studios, which is a pretty conservative Christian producer of films. A lot of people may not like them, but they also don't hide what they are. Yeah, so, I yeah. agree. I, 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 I agree to say, You know what? Use your platform, do what it is you're about and what you want, but just don't try to pull one over on us. Thank you. And that's freedom of speech. I'm fine with that. You do what you need to do, and I'm with you, Brent. Just be open about it. Great American Family has done something similar. They have a lot of Christmas shows, and people, they've been coming under fire because they say, hey, we are touting and we're sticking with stories that celebrate the traditional family structure and so they're being called haters they should be taken off the you know what why you're not allowed to celebrate what you are and what you believe in and something that's beautiful to you it is crazy another woke story u.s rowing is going to allow biological males to compete in women's sport yay and the big but the biggest story of the week Brittany Griner is coming home. And this is under the woke category because it's, okay, glad she's back. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. But what Maybe she's just like communism now. 
Yeah, what the heck? Why is it that Brittany Griner, an entitled uh, sports figure, is so important to bring home, but an American Marine, uh, a American teacher brought up on the same kind of charges, they get to rot in prison, but she gets to come home. Why is she so important? Because oh, we are driven PR. by the woke agenda. NPR, there you go. Guys, It's wait. really just what is the one that people know about? What's the one that people are upset about? On the only one, she has a following, so Brittany Griner's the one that people care about. That's sick. So that's, that's why she's the one that's brought home. It's but you can you could see this from the beginning when she got sentenced to nine years in prison. That Russia was setting it up so that they could get this this other guy back. An arms so, dealer, a rapist, the worst kind of person imaginable. This is not an even trade on another show. I was saying someone was saying, "No, it's apples to oranges." I'm like, "Freaking heck, no! It's it's apples to like M and M's. It's not even in the same category. This is absolutely ridiculous." But what I'm concerned about yeah. is when you think about it, does it put not only does it put Americans in danger? And the Pentagon is touting this as well. But it also puts a price on American heads. As you're traveling abroad, it's get an American with a big following, and we could get anything we want. And especially if they're people of color or LGBTQ. So is it disproportionately affecting that category of people? My head is it going to explode? Someone's all I know is up. that whoever whoever made this deal should probably read the art of the deal or something because this was <laughs> this was like like John Schneider making a trade with the Padres or something and just taking them for everything they're worth. Like, well, you know, like, I think this is like the, right. the Robinson Cano trade. Oh, Russell Wilson. It's like trading Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that same thought. The president's press secretary came out and said, it was the only deal that we were offered, and it's so you don't have to take it. Oh, my gosh, because it's not like we're the United States, the most powerful country in the whole freaking world, and we have a... the only one you're offered. Okay, yeah, no, that's where that ends. I mean, look, I'm not a huge Trump fan, but I think even he could tell you that so what? <laughs> like you counter offer or you tell them like no i guess this is one time i'm not a trump fan either but i would have I, it would have been at least interesting to see what his maneuvering well, would be in all this he's at least enough of a narcissist to <laughs> know to, to say that no i'm gonna get what i want out of this not what you want out of this yeah yeah I, and yeah. was it i think it was I, boomer alive Go ahead. When you give up your biggest when you give up your biggest marketing chip and you still leave two people there, uh, especially the ones that have been there for years, that that bothers me. I, it doesn't matter to me in this context who Brittany Griner is, but you bring back the person that um, has been there for a few months and you leave the Marine that's been there four years, I think. Four, yeah. it, it just makes me sick. Yeah, it's it's hard to like process this and not like dog the person who got to come home. Because that's not her doing. Getting in trouble was, but the negotiations had nothing to do with what Brittany Griner. Yeah, it's not did. her fault. It's not but her fault. But the, just, the frustrating thing is, allegedly, our Marines' charges are false, trumped up, whereas this Brittany Griner's were validated well, they were trumped, to be they were trumped up. They nine were years blown up. You don't get they nine years trumped. in a gulag for. for she, a they were. She well, did you can't, do yeah, it. She, she the punishment didn't fit the crime, but the crime, there's no question that she committed the crime. That's the okay, thing. Okay, so right. Uh, right. let me disagree with you guys. The punishment 
does fit the crime in Russia. That's how they punish people for that crime in Russia. It's It's been consistent, at least. It, we can't relate to it, but our culture is different and our laws are different. So, yeah. It's opinion, yes. But, but it was blown out of proportion, and it seems yeah. ridiculous. And Russia totally outplayed Biden. Boomer Eliasson sounded pretty much the way we are right now, saying this is absolutely ridiculous. Some other sports figures did as well, and they quickly said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because we're in such a freaking state trained that if we say something that goes against the elites, that we better apologize or we're going to be canceled. But Boomer, good for you. No. no. Whoops, I actually said what I was thinking. Oh, but I didn't mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be canceled. You know how much I've loved watching LeBron James play basketball, but he's another example of what is wrong with the nba all of the human atrocities things that happen in china yeah and he doesn't want to talk about any of that but he wants to talk about jerry jones when he was like 14 years old <laughs> 60 plus years ago having a picture where he was near and who he it's 60 years ago there's people mm-hmm. don't if you want to talk about that why don't you talk about the democratic senators that openly endorsed kkk yeah, that like you can talk about that ago. if you want to talk about that. Biden, right. I'm just saying, and but th- that leaves no room, and that's where we can get to the God story. It, you have no room for redemption, no room for change, because really, aside from a real fundamental change, it's really difficult to bring about any change in 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 a life or in a heart. But if anyone is in Christ, they're a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And you have the ability to walk in that newness. Not everyone does it effectively, but you have that ability to. And so if you've tasted that kind of forgiveness, it's a lot easier to understand that 10, 20, even five years later, someone can behave and believe differently than they did before. There really is forgiveness. If you haven't, it's easy to hold people to a standard that you can't even meet yourself. I think one thing that is so important to recognize is that there is no one who is innocent. Josh, you talk about these Democrat politicians. Well, there's Republican politicians, there's every kind of politician under the sun. It doesn't matter who you are. None of us meet up to the perfect standard. And so that's, to me, the whole key to the gospel of what you just explained, Michelle, is because we're all in need of redemption. It doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter what you've done, and it doesn't matter. None of us measure up. I'm going to even say the idea of redemption and the fact that redemption is built into our entire existence is really why we like sports and why we always cheer a little bit for the underdog because we're all that underdog we're all that one that just couldn't make it but by god's glory no matter what win or lose in the end we come out with a win and that's inherent in our cheering for sports there's an interwoven desire god-shaped hole as some has called it in our souls and it has us root wanting to root for something that is right that is true, that is good, and that is lovely. Josh, any updates on Major League Baseball that you want to throw into the mix? Because that's your... I've spent roughly 23 of the past 24 hours every day furiously updating my Twitter and seeing (laughs) if there's 
any news on the hot stove there. Really, right now, the thing that we're looking for, the Marin- Mariners are look to be out on the big free agent market. So we've had some honestly ridiculous signings. The contracts that have gone out this year are just mind-blowing. Aaron Judge, nine years, and let me look up what the, he got for that. But the, we're seeing these contracts that are going into guys' 40s where they're making like $50 million a year. And I do not blame the Mariners for not being in on those deals because these are like Trey Turner got nine years. He's in his 30s. His primary attribute that makes him a plus player is his speed. I'm going to tell you right now, there's not many people that have plus speed into their 40s at a major league level. The one that blew my mind was Brandon Nimmo, which was one that people had the Mariners. Oh, you should need another outfielder. And what do you get like 20 million a year for the next decade? And I'm like, this yeah. guy, I don't, yeah, I am not on that free agent bag, bandwagon. I'll tell you he, that. He hit more than eight home runs only twice in his career so far. Okay, breaking can, news can here. Just, breaking just, news. Just Hang on, Brent. Okay, yeah. if you're wanting to, to not know the Argentina and Netherlands, I'm not giving any results here. You might cover your ears. Yeah, it is stoppage time has ended. Now they are going into penalty kicks. And Me too. Still tied. Two, two Netherlands going in to penalty kicks. There you go. Yeah. Go ahead, Brent. Continue. So what I was gonna what I was gonna get back to there. Can you imagine, Josh, if the Mariners had signed Jesse Winker to a free agent contract after the year he had the previous year before he came to the Mariners? Yeah. He could have gotten one of these eight eight year deals for twenty five million a year and then come and done what he did this last year. And then yep. you're stuck. Your payroll's hamstrung, and you've and got you're a starting to feel like anymore. Denver with Russell Wilson. It's exactly that's the second time we've mentioned Russ, number two. And you know what? <laughs> There's a rumor floating around that Russ is such a good guy that he's doing this on purpose to give the Seahawks a better draft pick. I'm like, oh, for, <laughs> oh my, oh my. for Pete's sake, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But I. Honestly, I think one of the big things is I wouldn't necessarily balk at the per year that they're being paid if it was a shorter deal. You have these guys where on a yeah, nine-year contract, yeah. you're probably getting the product you're expecting from them for three or four years. Yeah. Oh, th- this is not like nine, ten years. I think one guy got an 11-year deal. Like It is just insane length and money that they're giving to these guys that this the contract is going to hang around their neck like something from Scrooge. It's going to be rough yeah. for them. Where Jacob the Mariners, Marley. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think that's what I'd like, like to what the Mariners have done when they trade. They signed. Um, <coughs> oh, good. Julio. Luis well, Castillo, Julio, Julio, Julio's a unicorn, though. He's 21 years old. And, yeah, you give him the 15 years, right? Yep. But Luis Castillo, they signed him, they traded for him, and they signed him to a five-year extension. And so when you bring these guys into an established players, they're 30-ish, five-year extension, cool. They might still be good at the end of that. If they're not, you only are stuck with them for one or two years. Which, but, man, you sign a guy who's 32 to a 10-year deal, what are you doing? Yeah, it's that it's hard to see. And, by the way, Luis Castillo signing might end up being the steal of the century. There is, like... <laughs> mid-level starters that are getting like his level or more right now yeah. in the market. It's absolutely insane. And one person made the comment that 
this always happens after they do their big agreement. Once baseball and the players get together and they make their collective bargaining agreement, the year after always has ridiculous contracts. And that is absolutely proven true. With the Mariners, though, I still think that they're in the trade market. I think that they really want Brian Reynolds because they have been attached to him before. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely do. Think about it. If you have Brian Reynolds, Julio Rodriguez, and Teoscar Hernandez as your, you have probably the best outfield in the American League. What are you doing, Derek? Are you all excited? I'm I'm, I'm setting up a spoiler alert update. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Argentina and Netherlands. Right now, it's Argentina two (gasps) and Netherlands. Zero. Zero. Whoa. Uh-oh. Two two saves by the Argentinian Oof. goalkeeper Oof. and two scores. Yeah. By, uh, wow. by Argentina. Guys, let's move over to the NFL. This was a funny story, but Bobby Wagner was all over the news this last week coming in and giving Pete Carroll, his old coach, a big hug. I think that's just sweet. It's just really cool. And shows that he loves, he still loves the city that he came from. And that's just cool. We all like that in the, in the, in the, in sports in general, because it keeps it from just being a business and players just being a commodity traded here, there, and their loyalty goes somewhere else while we still wear the same stuff week after week. So it's, but the other story that I thought was funny is he was in danger of being sued because you remember when he tackled the protester who ran on the field. The protester Mm -hmm. decided we're going to sue him for whatever, but apparently that got laughed out of court. So there's your not on, not necessarily part of the game NFL story for the the week of the year. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is quarterback problems. Cam Newton, for example, said, you know what? I'm better than the current, any current quarterback that's in the NFC South and may or may not be true, but there really is a big quarterback problem, but not just in the NFC South. Seriously. Yeah. I'm just saying Cam Newton being better than anyone in the NFC South, maybe at one point. (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, I don't think Cam's lost any of his game tapes in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, yeah, know, right? I don't think Cam can barely throw the ball. Last I watched him play, he he got to be and he was good. Don't get me wrong, but he was one of those guys that did not protect his body, and it, his shoulders beat to crap. And he can still move a little bit, but he just doesn't have accuracy with that shoulder. Not enough to play at this level anymore, in my opinion. But. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some weak quarterback play out there, and it's been an interesting year. It was this a year that you expected to see Baker Mayfield signed to the Carolina Panthers oh, and then cut in the middle of the season and picked up on waiver wires to the Rams? Was that <laughs> who had that on their bingo card? Yeah. Did you see the game last night? Mayfield he yeah. uh, he lit it up in in the fourth quarter there. Yeah, let a big comeback, and that was an interesting one because that's a name that a lot of people had. The Seahawks attached to the preseason um, when the writers were still writing Geno off. 
and he was refusing to respond to their correspondence. Yeah, and speaking <laughs> of quarterback problems, that's what Seattle expected. And Josh, you and I actually, Seahawks fans, we were talking about the first game being against the Broncos, and we won that one, and we're like, okay, we don't care what happens for the rest of the year. We had no, no idea that... I still don't. If we lose out, I'm okay with it. Like, I, <laughs> this is all gravy. This is okay. like... This Soccer is just frosting update. on the cake. It's down to the final kick. Oh, and N- Netherlands have drawn even. Now it's three and three. Argentina, if they score, they win. If they miss, it goes into sudden death penalty kicks. And Netherlands have managed to draw, come back after missing their first two, scored all their last three. Argentina missed one, and what? so now this is like a. This is where lad that I don't necessarily have skin in the game because if this were one of my team, I would be like I'd have a bald spot by now, pulling my hair out, biting my nails off. Didn't you, didn't is, you have the police called to your apartment during a soccer game because of something like that? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right, that's right! And screaming and yelling and going crazy, and the police is everything okay, okay. here? I'll give the spoiler alert now. Okay, I'll give the spoiler alert. Cover your ears if you don't want to know. Oh, I want to know. But Argentina is through. They scored their final one. And so Argentina has made it to the semifinals. They'll play against Croatia. So, guys, this is my favorite moment of the week. Speaking of Geno Smith, where he hit Metcalf for a late touchdown. In the final moments, he found the red zone in the final moments of the game and was writing it off. And that's just indicative of how cool this season's been for this quarterback. Even people who say Tom Brady's the GOAT for quarterbacks in the NFL, he's not had a very good year. So quarterbacking has really been a problem. But there's been some shining lights, and that was great. I think I want to show this. I'm going to show this because this is something. Brent, you shared this tweet right there. I don't know if I can make it bigger. But basically saying that DK Metcalf totally just owned Jalen Ramsey in that game. That was just glorious. Do you guys have any highlights or glory moments from this week's NFL? I just have a comment. The NFL season is reminding me of the World Cup and that the people that you thought were going to be the shining stars have not been necessary. And I like that. To me, it makes the game more fun and more interesting. And especially when our quarterback, who was expected to do nothing, Geno Smith, does really well. And so... And what a good guy, too. That is so freaking cool. And poor Russell Wilson there is so struggling in his stardom there. But I'm sure he's laughing all the way to the bank. But this was an interesting story. Deion Sanders may bringing a little shining light to Denver has just had nothing to get excited about. But apparently he's looking to coach some college ball. They're looking to make some changes to make his team team a little bit more competitive at the University of Colorado. So that may that might be because it is college ball time. In fact, it's almost bowl time. We're trying we're starting to see who's going to shake down into which bowl. And the college football award winners are making their names known. But even that, just like the quarterback debacle in the NFL, has been weird because the front runners have had some pretty bad showings in the last few games. So again, it makes sports interesting. As far as the NFL, 
the quarterback situation, yeah, there's been a lot of guys who've dropped off, but you still look up there and some of the recent stars, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, they're still right there where they've been. Those are probably the two MVP candidate leaders and really have been for the last couple of years. You've got Tom Brady's finally showing his age, although some of that may have been what's been going on at home too. Even he can be distracted by having your personal life melt down. In front of the whole world, but, yeah. Yeah, but, but I do think it is fun yeah, to have the league a little bit upside down from what it's been too. Even the Detroit Lions are showing signs of life. If you ever want some bizarre quotes, but not all of them you would want to repeat on a family show, go listen to what their coach has to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Guys, unless you have something else you want to bring to the table, another sports story that we haven't covered, then it's time for our final shot. So for your final shot, Garrick Ping, what say you? Especially because of the way the World Cup has been going. And if if things don't go well in the semifinal, this may be my last opportunity to give up my final shot to my favorite soccer player, footballer, is Lionel Messi. Again, just a class act. He actually in the last round had a, a penalty kick saved, and there's a lot of questions as to whether or not he should still be the penalty kick taker for Argentina. But today in the game, he actually did have a penalty kick during regulation time and uh, scored it. And then he also scored in the first penalty shootout for Argentina, and he also successfully converted that. But more than that, he is just a class act. He is not one of these prima donna, full of himself kind of guys, but he's a hard worker. He, he plays and supports defensively, as well as, as well as the amazing things he does on offense. And he's also not a flopper. So. <laughs> and, and Josh, that that just, for that's you, good Josh. enough for you, yeah. right? <laughs> Josh, your final shot. He's one of the few, the proud, the not floppers. That's right. Yeah. Lionel Messi. Yeah, my, my final shot, I'm going to shout out to Tariq Woolen. And we talk about how this Seahawks team had zero expectations going into the year. A lot of that because was because a lot of our positions were presumptively going to be taken over by rookies. And you can't expect a lot out of rookies in their first years. They're learning to play this top level game. All of our rookies, I mean, we've had five rookies starting that have done phenomenal, but none better than Tariq Woolen, who is arguably the best corner in the league. He could be defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he has leading the league in interceptions. And it's funny because he's actually outpacing and either similar in stats or outpacing sauce Gardner. He also has the fewest targets of anyone in the league, especially given that he started the entire year. He has been absolutely incredible. Reek the Freak, they call him the Avatar. He's like physical specimen-wise, DK Metcalf of defense. And it has been awesome to see him play. There was a couple of plays last week, and it was funny, the sound of Pete Carroll talking about it. He was laughing at it, called him a little bit of a bonehead because he was way out of position. But he just used that other world speed to catch up to the guy and still break up that pass. It, it was Great. And it's, it's so much fun seeing him play and kudos to the front office for seeing the potential in this guy and giving him that chance to start. And by all accounts, he's also working really hard at it. So go reek, okay. get it done. 
and get that rookie of the year, my friend. Before we go to Brent, I have just <clears throat> two real quick ones. I thought it was really cool that Tyler Lockett decided that he was going to pay all of the school meal accounts for the school district. All of the Lockett and Wagner. And believe, Wagner, yeah. And Bobby Wagner, who makes the news again. But I wanted to give a shout out to this football coach. There was a football coach that was shot 10 times. And this coach was driving kids in Jacksonville after a team practice or whatever it was, a car pulled up, started opening fire. One young boy, one of the players was killed, but the, the coach put himself, it sped up, tried to get out of the way, put himself in the line of fire so that he could save the lives of these other kids and is critically injured now. Pray for him. God bless him. That's just, that's a hero right there. So that's my shout out. Brent? Well, mine is considerably less significant, but um, little one off the radar, Grinnell College, men's basketball. They play Division Three, and they, I've never heard, they set a record, so obviously I hadn't heard of that. They set a record for attempting three-point shots in a game yesterday, 111 three-point <laughs> attempts. Oh, and what's no. even more amazing is that was all of their field goal attempts. They didn't even attempt a two-point shot on the whole game. They made 40 of them. They won 124 to 67. You want to talk about commitment to an offensive system. <laughs> wow. What are the odds of that? That's yeah, crazy. I feel like you, once you catch on that it becomes not too hard to stop that. But I, I guess they didn't make the adjustment. They yeah, hit 40 out of 111. They Pretty good broke, clip. Don't fix it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of if I was playing basketball. Yeah, and someone and they refuse to shoot inside of the three point line. But that in your that, center out of there, get another wing out. That there. doesn't assume that they never went inside the three point line. It's just all their shots were from outside. Yeah. So they may be penetrating and driving and then dishing. One, one thing the story said is I don't know if you guys, how many of you remember when Paul Westhead was coaching in college back in the '80s at Loyola Marymount? Yeah, this okay. team. Hank Gathers was on it. He died during the season, but they. Yeah. You want to yeah. talk about run and gun. They would, they ran and gunned it as fast as you possibly could. One of their, it was like defense was let them score so we can get the ball back and shoot a three. Um, so there, this guy's offense is based loosely on on Paul Westhead's offense. So hmm. they weren't taking these out of half court. They were like running fast breaks and taking three pointers out of that. And so it's not like the were shooting against guys that were camped out around the line. They were running and dishing. Yeah. And sh- I think it'd so, be worth to see. I haven't Trevor seen Mar- it, go, that'd be fun to watch. All 111 shots from beyond three-point range. Wow. <laughs> didn't make, they, didn't break, they didn't break the record for making threes, which they Surprisingly actually hold it enough. Already. They already <laughs> hold that record. But what school is that again, Brent? Grinnell College in Iowa. I'll have to watch the yeah. the highlights of that game. I know, right? That's yeah. awesome. Guys, I do want to share one more thing. It's out, my children's book, Seeds in the Wind, Does God Hear My Prayers? With nice. uh, I, original art illustrations. And so you can go to Amazon.com. You can also find my Michelle Live or whatever. It is free to just sample at Kindle and then you can like it and please write reviews because that really helps me out and I would sure appreciate it. So it's called Seeds in the Wind. Does God hear my prayers. If you look for it, you have to put in seeds in the wind does God at least, and then it'll come up or look up Michelle M. Mendoza and you will find the book. So there you go. Yay. Guys, thank you.
for joining me today. Uh, look forward to next week as we get a little closer to Christmas, and we'll see if your team is giving you what you want under your stocking. Here's the encouragement to you. Sports are awesome and something to get excited about, but something to get more excited about, God's love for you. That's the winning team. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. Catch you next time. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.